Super Talk Mississippi media production. Are you tired of dents and scratches ruining the look of your car? Look no further than Porter's Body Shop in Brookhaven. Call us at 601-833-1861 or visit us online at portersbodyshopms.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. Listen, I'm really sorry that Lee Bond wasn't able to join us. He got hung up in his meeting. He's the uh, CEO for Singing River Health Systems. But, you know, I congratulate him and his team and the teams of uh, other medical facilities across the state who are just rising to the occasion as we continue to battle uh, the, the Delta variant of COVID. Really, really tough time for the state of Mississippi. It is a vaccination. It is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That is for sure. So anyway, we're going to shift gears now, move over to my friend Scott Waller, the president and CEO of the Mississippi Economic Council. Let me just first say good morning to you. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Good to see you. Now, look, we met a long time ago. I'm a, I am was a gigantic fan of Blake Wilson, who led that organization for 19 years. Um, I, I, I was looking back at some of uh, what he did in his, in his uh, career there. But uh, William Yates said of him when he was uh, retiring, he said that he was a force of nature and one of a kind. That is definitely true, isn't it? Oh, w- without question. And I mean, I, I had the opportunity to work, you know, basically there was a wall separating our two offices for, for almost 11 years uh, with Blake. And it, it truly did. And, you know, he was he's always he's he still cares about this state. I, I have an opportunity to, to I hear from him on occasion and talk, try to talk to him every, you know, two or three weeks just to see how he's doing. But, you know, I'll tell you back during back during. Let's just use the flag campaign as an example. He was, you know, MEC in 2001 when nobody else was really stepping out there was the lead force on that. So when we, when we actually were able to get the flag changed last year, I called him up afterwards. I said, "Look, I said you need to be, you need to feel like you had as big a part in this as anybody did because it was you started it. I we finished it, but you started it." And, uh, you know, we really are very appreciative of all the work Blake did. You know, we, we give him grief about being from Delaware, but, you know, he really did care about our state. He cared so deeply. I, I, I remember working with him on the various chamber boards that I was involved with. And one of the found, I was one of the founding members of the Gulf Coast Business Council. But what I remember most, actually, as the president and publisher of the Sun-Herald is how much time and energy he put into coming by to visit with us and make sure we knew what the latest was. I mean, he, you never had the sense that he had a, had an, uh, an agenda other than helping Mississippi be the best it could be. And he just wanted to make sure we knew the latest. And he was really, really good at that. And I know you've done really well, too. You've, and as we were discussing off the air, you've had this opportunity to work with some amazing chairmen, haven't you? Without, without question. I mean, two, two, from the, two from the Gulf Coast uh, in my short time here with, with, with William Yates and Anthony Wilson. And, and both have been just tremendous uh, and helping guide this organization and, and continue to do so. Uh, MEC in the last uh, few months has finalized and adopted a strategic plan for the next three to five years. And and both both William and, and Anthony were extremely involved and, and part of that uh, process as we got to that. So, I mean, we're very fortunate to have great representation all across the coast with, with several other board members as well that have been very involved with us for, for a number of years and continue to be. 
Well, we've it's a challenging time, that is for sure. But you you know challenging times. I mean, you were a newspaper reporter for uh, almost twenty years, I think. And you'd right. worked the business editor at Clarence Ledger, and you had uh, you were the uh, owner and editor of the Madison J- County Journal. You've seen your share of challenges along the way. But I, but being a former journalist, you know, one of you know, I, I understand how you guys think. Uh, I, I I was around journalists my entire career. It, do, it does give you kind of a leg up in a way when you're communicating with people to have that in your background, doesn't it? It, it really does because, you know, we were always taught to make sure we talk to, to both sides. In other words, what what is what is the what is the person that's for something saying? What is the person that's against something saying? And when you translate it, that to what we do at MEC from an advocacy standpoint, it, it's so valuable. To, to be able to, to sit down and talk with state leaders, with legislators and others and say, okay, here here is why this matters. Now, here's what you're going to hear from the other side. Here's what they're going to say. But let me tell you, let me tell you from our perspective. So it really does give us that opportunity to look at it from a more, you know, broader base and not not quite so much from the political side as much the, the practical side. And I think that's that's been one of the reasons that, that we have been successful through the years. And, you know, you were talking about Blake a minute ago. You know, Blake's a formal journalist, too. So, I mean, it's amazing the number of people that have some type of journalism in their background in, in our field because it, it really is something that helps us get a better understanding for what we're working for. Well, the MEC has a tremendous role. The Mississippi Economic Council has a tremendous role in strategically, in other words, looking to the future. What are going to be the opportunities for Mississippi? It's you know, When you do a strategic plan, it's not just about the opportunities. It's about what are some of the shortcomings and how do we overcome that? But, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot on this show, and, and we, we whether it's business leaders or entrepreneurs or people like Steve Azar, uh, who's just such an advocate for the culture and music scene in the state, is that the state of Mississippi – uh, too often doesn't really get the the credit it's, it deserves. We actually have a lot going for ourselves in terms of being a great place to live, work, and play. And as long as we stay focused on that and continue to do things that will make that will improve that scene, that remote workers who have this choice to live anywhere, hopefully they'll choose us. But there's a lot more things we can do, and you guys are really focused on that, aren't you? Well, well, we really are. And I think if you go back and look, even, you know, when Blueprint Mississippi was first put in place, followed up, there was there was a, a kind of a, a second version. And then when I came on board, they asked they asked me to the, the board asked me to focus on you know two or three key things. We, we did a report called Endeavor, which really was focused on workforce development. And kind of right now, the, the three areas where we're looking is in, in, in I'll, we'll talk more about this in a little while when we're talking about our, our, our meetings. But it, it's actually education and workforce development because they go hand in hand. It's really our business climate. And then finally, how do we deal with with the brain drain issue? I mean, you got to call it what it is. I mean, you know, brain drain simply defined is is one part is you're leaving one area to go somewhere else because you think there's a better opportunity. And I think where we've got to do a better job and, and really we talked a lot about this in, in the process of forming our strategic plan is we've got to be the one telling our story. We've got to be the one talking about promoting what's here because we've learned if if we don't tell our story, someone else is going to tell it for us. And chances are we're not going to like what they have to say because it's not it's not going to be from the same perspective that we have. And and I think there's a lot of things that we've worked on through the years that that really show this. And and, and I will tell you, if you go back and look at some of the things that we've done through the years and 
and and I'll bring up one in particular, and that's that's our our transportation system. You know, we we felt like for us to really move forward as a state, we we have to have a strong transportation infrastructure, and 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 we also have to have a strong infrastructure in general, and and we've seen a lot of progress on that front. Uh, I will tell you, you know, just when the special session was held in eighteen, maybe it wasn't a perfect piece of legislation. But we've got an additional basically $200 million going in every year through the sales tax diversion and, and, and lottery funds that will be moving over to that from a state level. And then, you know, last week, the the Senate, U.S. Senate passed the federal infrastructure plan, which unfortunately uh, a lot of people are, are giving, you know, people who voted for it a lot of flack. And I know Senator Wicker voted for it. But I mean, there's things in this that really will help Mississippi. Uh, you know, we're talking about $3.3 billion that will go to the highways and additional two point uh, additional $225 million for bridges alone because we still have over 1,300 bridges in the state that need fixing. But, Rick, it also includes $100 million for broadband. And that's where you're talking about this new economy, this, 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 these folks who can live anywhere they want to live. So how do we create the things from an infrastructure standpoint with broadband and other things that we do in our, our communities across the state to encourage people to say, hey, there's an opportunity right here for you to come in and be very successful, either setting up your own business, doing whatever from that perspective, or working here in the state of Mississippi in a variety of jobs that allows you to work at home. Well, you know, on the infrastructure bill specifically, I, I watched that unfold and I was glad that they were able to reach some bipartisan conclusion. I understand that there are a lot of Republicans that voted against it, but there were a number that voted for it. And I was actually proud of Wicker for doing making his vote. I know that there are probably a lot of pieces of that he didn't like, but at the end of the day, he his read on it was, we have to make more steps to find bipartisan solutions. In this case, we worked harder to do that. And second, when you evaluate what's going to come out of it and how it's going to come back to the state, as you pointed out in really well just then, um, it's hard to vote against it. You can't sometimes just let your politics right. decide how you're going to vote. Sometimes you got to bring your individual ability to sort of analyze the situation and, and make the tough vote, even though you know you're going to get hit by it. I'm proud of Senator Wicker for making that vote. Well, I'll tell you, and, and to your point, and, and, and again, we supported this and, and, and actually reached out to him and, and said, hey, please, you know, we'd, we'd like to see you support this. And we, we were glad that he did. I, I will tell you, in my time as, as, a, as a newspaper person and then really now in the last 15 years of being down in the trenches, there's no such thing as a perfect bill. And the bottom line is, what are you willing to live with or not live with? And I think in this case, there's probably, you're right, there's a couple of things in there that we would all had rather seen go a different way, but we got it passed and there's some really good stuff in there and we really appreciate that. We're going to talk more about the, the roundtable discussions you guys are having and uh, we'll just kind of pick it up from there when we come back. But this is uh, our friend, the executive director from the Mississippi Economic Council, Scott Waller, and we'll see you after this break. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Scott Waller from the Mississippi Economic Council. And Scott, one of the, it's so interesting that when you think about what it takes to be successful from an economic development point of view, Man, you got to hit on a lot of cylinders. Infrastructure is key. Legal environment is key. Education is key. Workforce development. We can't do more. Uh, we can't do enough of that. By the way, the, the the community college system in the state of Mississippi is something to be big time celebrated. The work that they're doing across the state is just truly incredible. Um, but we were we were chatting just a bit about about broadband during the break, and I it, and many of my guests have sort of referred to it in this way. But there probably is no single thing we can do that will improve our opportunities to fix certain areas of the state, et cetera, than broadband access. Man, it, it, it unleashes incredible power for a community, doesn't it? It, it really does. And it, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about where we're headed with that. And, and again, you know, our legacy companies, the traditional, you know, commercial companies have, have been involved in it for a number of years. But, you know, typically from a rural perspective, it, it it takes it takes something else in order to be able to get to that and in certain parts of the state whether whether it's certain parts of the the six county coastal area where there's the delta you know being able to get it to places where there's not masses of people is equally important and, and i was i will tell you I, i'm headed i'm i'll be going to dc for the first time in almost a year and a half uh, uh next month provided you know things are, allow us to do so but the last time i was up and I actually had a chance to sit down and visit with our, our delegation. I will tell you, Senator Wicker in particular was without question focusing on how do we make sure we're connected. You know, broadband was was something that was very important to him. And and I think when you we, we were talking about this the infrastructure bill earlier, you know, that's that's a piece of that that puzzle. That's a piece of the infrastructure. You know, we didn't even mention the fact that you know airports water infrastructure ports that and for the coast in particular both the port and you know making sure that you have the ability to bring in in tourists from from the air uh, port perspective all those are important but when it comes to connectivity and making sure that that we have the ability for for people who live here to to have access to whether it's run a business create a business whatever the case may be the connectivity is so important and i think having that as one of the the ways of getting some things done is 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 tremendous so from what the legislature did in passing the uh the bill that allows our electric cooperatives to to start putting in broadband to now the funding that came through the cares act and now the funding that will be available through the infrastructure bill we're starting to see i think some tremendous steps forward in connecting all of Mississippi, which is key for growing our economy. Yeah, the amount of money that Mississippi has to invest in its future at this current moment is the most we've ever had in, at any time. And probably, the, I mean, I mean, God forbid another situation like the pandemic would occur to cause us to have to think about this again. But but we'll may, maybe never see this amount of money, and hopefully we can wisely spend it. Okay, we're recording this show on Monday, I should point out. So on Tuesday, uh, which is the day this show airs, the MEC is uh, doing their MEC tour roundtable. You've always done a good job at this, of traveling the state and listening to business leaders across the state. It's really important to you, isn't it? 
It, it really is. And, and this year with COVID, we, we wanted to take some extra precautions. We think it's important to do so. You know, normally we have a, a, a large meeting that's a luncheon and we have a program that we, we present information. We get some feedback through electronic voting. And we just, we did not feel comfortable doing that. We thought we needed to keep these in very small settings. You know, we're, we're, we're using rooms large enough to space out when we can and, and all of the things to take precautions from, from COVID. But it's changed what we're doing and I think it's changed it for the better. Now, this wouldn't be, this wouldn't be effective every time we went out on the road, but we're having smaller groups, you know, 12 to 15, in some cases, even a little smaller than that. And we do three sessions per day in each of the each of the areas that we go to. So we'll be in we'll be in Harrison County Tuesday. In fact, when the show is airing, we'll be holding our first session, uh, and then we'll have two more after that. Uh, that we are actually bringing in leaders that have helped identify through the through the chamber and 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 our our partners on the coast to really do more of a focus session. Instead of me doing all the talking, I do all the listening. I sit down. We have a moderator. And we got three the, the three key issues I talked about earlier: workforce, you know, education, workforce development, business climate, and then retaining and attracting uh, talent. Those are the key issues that we. But you know what? They're all intertwined. And they what are. Is there's so many there's so many facets to it. I mean, think about workforce for just a second. You know, one of the elements in workforce is childcare. If you don't have somewhere that you feel comfortable having your child to allow you to go to work. It's very hard for you to be in the workforce. So there's so many things that we're looking at. And what this is going to allow us to do is, is, is look at commonalities across the state. And we'll have a, a, a report on what we've learned. Uh, we'll be holding. We're in 18 different communities in these three sessions. So it really is going to give us an opportunity to look at it from a statewide perspective and a community's perspective. And I think that it's really going to help us in our next steps of determining what our public policy initiatives really need to be. Well, Scott Walker, President and CEO of the Mississippi Economic Council, let's visit again in a couple of weeks and you can share with us what you're learning on your tour and how 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 it's going to create alignment around these unbelievable opportunities in our future. Holy mackerel. And thank you for your leadership with the MEC. Well, thank you, Ricky. I appreciate your time today. It's been my pleasure. Uh, anyway, have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.